Welcome to Trail and Error, a look at the trail running world from the podium to the pack with your hosts Jay Grady and Tristan Stevenson. We decided to start our own trail running podcast to talk to the people we find interesting in the trail and ultra running world, to find out their highs and lows, their momentous successes and their abject failures, and to perhaps give us all a little bit of inspiration to take on some adventures and challenges of our own. We'll be speaking to runners and athletes, race directors and coaches, sports nutritionists and doctors to get the best out of our own running and hopefully yours too. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do, please hit like and subscribe via all the normal podcast feeds. But for now, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Trail Narrow Podcast. With your hosts, Tristan Stevenson and Grady J. There you go. Uh, how are you doing, Jay? I'm okay. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm considering our impending what, doom or my impending doom. We're, I'm, I'm feeling all right. Your exact words just before we started recording was that you're tired and this training shit's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I feel like is I'm this, doing it is, properly, though. Is this, is this the sort of hardest you've trained for anything, do you think, up to this point? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harder than, oh, harder okay. than I trained for the arc. Okay. But I'm, I'm way more scared than I was for the arc, so it's motivating me. Hmm. It's interesting you're more scared. I think on the face of it, that's ah. sensible because it's a long way, Dragon's Back, and uh, a lot of elevation. But also, you don't have to do anything like 100 miles in a single day or day and a half or whatever this is true but you don't have that you know just give it all and tomorrow you can rest up you know that it's that no. in my back of my mind it's a sustained uh, effort isn't it six days uh it's gonna it's it, it really is pacing it really is i think gonna be the key um pacing it both in terms of your effort on the day in the minute in the moment but also day to day as well because going too hard or whatever on one day can then have knock-on effects for the subsequent days. Yeah, I mean, we should explain. We're, we're, we're just, as we record this, we're just a little over two weeks away from the start of Dragon's Back 2023. And um, yeah, I know, it's I can looming. tell you exactly, exactly how far away. It was my Garmin watch face has a new feature where you can add an event to it and it gives you really? a countdown. Yeah, so as as we record, we are 15 days, 18 hours, and 21 minutes from the start of the Dragon Back 2023. Oh, I don't think I'd want that feature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that is um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm I'm really um really hyped for it at this point because for me, like training's going well. I'm feeling fit and strong and fast and all that kind of stuff, which you kind of hope you would be a couple of weeks out from a race just before mm. taper starts. And so I'm um, just looking forward to getting on the start line now, really. I've had lots of ups and downs in terms of emotions on this through, through this last six months, I would guess, about this race. How about you? Mm. No, I, not really ups and downs. I, I feel like uh, there's been a few moments where I've been like, oh God, what am I getting myself into here? <laughs> <laughs> um, and those, those moments are usually actually when I've been climbing up a mountain, um, whether it's in the beacons or when I, when I was in Scotland recently and you're in the middle of an ascent and you're like, oh Jesus, I'm going to do so many of these damn things. 
and I don't really like it that much. I like running, not sort of <laughs> hiking for an hour. Um, um, and uh, yeah, those are the those are the bits. And that's how I, I, but then I I think all of this stuff, like um, my sort of fear of like doing lots and lots of climbing and going quite slowly, and tiring myself out. It comes down, it comes down to ma- managing pace uh, at the end of the day. And I think a lot of the time when I climb mountains, I climb too fast. And so I'm feeling knackered when I get to the top. And actually, if you slow down a little bit, then you're at the top and you're running again. And it's about maintaining that same effort level throughout, whether you're going up or down or along. Absolutely. It's been a big change in my training this year to 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 do that, to specifically with this Maffetone method, um, just sitting in a, a nice, comfortable aerobic heart rate. And, and no matter what the terrain is, keeping the heart rate steady just so that you've got that sustained, you can then hopefully have this sustained effort throughout the day. Cause like you say, it's, it's managing it one, one bad day. I mean, one bad day might not finish this race for us, but one bad day could be a DNF and then it's all for naught in a way. But, um, mm. I've definitely, it, it's a, it's a really good challenge in terms of strategy and training. I have had to learn a lot more for this race than any one single race and i've had to buy buy a few bits of kit um you can you can you can see my new spectacles other people can't but um mm. my uh my map reading is dependent on me being able to see a map funnily enough and my eyes since the last time i did a map reading course have deteriorated so new running specs uh yeah it's a look <laughs> <laughs> to add to an already existing look yeah, the, the Womble that is really becoming me. Um, Tobamori might be a suitable nickname in future, maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's so many challenges wrapped up into one race. It's really, I am looking forward to it now. I have gone through a, a, an absolute roller coaster of not having any um, get up and go after canyons. I think I went into a bit of a lull after canyons and I was really questioning whether I, sh- whether I wanted to do this thing. Uh, I, I, did, I lacked motivation and then some, somehow it came as you do, you start watching previous years on, on YouTube and stuff like that. And suddenly you get this feeling of, I can, and then I spoke to a few friends that have done it before and, and more, and then I found out more friends were doing it. So yeah, it's kind of, it, it, it's grown on me. Do you know what? I, I feel, um, <clears throat> sort of, uh, like I, I probably know less about this race despite having done another podcast episodes on it, then 99% of people who enter it. Um, I've, I've watched practically no YouTube videos at all. I've, I've got a friend, right, who um, refuses to watch movie trailers. Um, he thinks it spoils it. And so whenever he goes to cinema, he always like leaves the cinema when the trailers are on. He, he will avoid trailers. Like, wow. wow. And um, I feel like that with The Dragon's Back, that I'm going into this with very fresh eyes. Um, I know there's mountains. I know it's Wales. I couldn't tell you much about the difference between each day other than the first one's hard. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, I've done, I'm well aware there are tons of YouTube videos on it and um, covering everything from like shoes to nutrition to all the different days and that sort of thing. I've done practically, like literally really looked at none of it. And um that could could be my downfall, or it could be why I'm so kind of sort of carefree about going into it because I just haven't <laughs> allowed it to occupy much much space. I've just focused on the training. 
just focus on the training, focus on distance, elevation, and for the variety of speed work and, and endurance and all that sort of stuff, as I normally do. Um, certainly with a greater emphasis, emphasis on, um, on elevation compared to usual. And I'm hoping that's just going to see me through. I think, I think innocence is bliss in a way. So you kind of write in the approach and I think, I think the correct phrase is ignorance is bliss <laughs> actually. <laughs> but it's, you know, I mean, we, we both, well, I, I was dithering and then you, you made a, an astute comment that, um, if we go and wreck it, how much you, uh, of of it are you going to remember? How much of the the intricacies of the route are you going to retain through going through it once? And and I kind of agree. And I've read I've read a few of the Facebook group um, posts about people travelling in from overseas who haven't recorded it. And like, as we said, you know, we are technically visiting another country which has another language, so it's just like going to a foreign race that you can't wreck as well, which is doable, obviously. Um, so there's an element that I've 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 put to bed about not wrecking it. And I feel fine with that. And, I, and I've covered off all my nav bases that I can, refreshed myself on navigation and got an extra little Garmini device to, to help guide me. Um, I think there were a, there's a few discussions that I've enjoyed about camp life. That, that's been, I think that I've been spoken, you know, we spoke to James Turner, not James Turner, James Forbes from Trench, I beg your pardon. Um, and we spoke to a few other people about, you know, camp life and stuff on, on this event. And I think that's a big part of it. Certainly for, for people like myself getting in, you know, mid to, to end of the pack every day with, with less admin time, I think it becomes more and more, um, important to, to, you know, have all your shit in one sock, as they say in the Navy. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And so and- it's, it's going to be a harder race. Um, quite frankly, if you're mid to later in the pack, it really is. You just get less off time in between. You've got to start earlier. You're arriving, you know, when perhaps some people are, you know, already getting ready for bed or whatever, depending on the, where the timings and cutoffs are and everything. It's, um, it's, it's, it really is a race that I think punishes those who are slower. Um, quite frankly, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's, but that's, we all know that when we sign up for it, you know, mm. I, we, I, people have asked me, you know, we've been chatting to people and, and, and people have said, you know, I, are you going to see Tris on the day? And, and I said, you know, I'll see him on the first day at the start. And then at some point every day, you'll pass me, but you'll probably be tucked up asleep by the time I get into camp every night and I'll be gone before you get up. So yeah, we're going to have very different races, which of course is, beneficial to the podcast we, we're going to be able to describe it from two very different ends which i think is is, is good yep. you know I'm, I'm i'm intrigued to see what your experience of it is going to be like because a lot of the films do focus on the front runners you know especially mm. the montane day-to-day coverage you know um so they yeah give that are. award for whoever whoever finished but did the lo- took the longest on course don't they i do think that possibly is the the, the best award you can get for the entire race. The person who's had the least sleep and recovery time and yet still managed it to uh, finish. Are there going to be a, you know, a, a whole bunch of people asleep 10 miles before Cardiff getting ready for a sprint finish to make the cut off just to get the, the longest time out there? Just <laughs> eking it out, trying to be the last person. It could be a different end of the competition to get the, the largest trophy. I don't think it yeah. is, but I did, I did read a blog by a lady who was, she got to the top of the hills above Cardiff and um, had a bit of a cry because she realized the bubble of the race was going to finish and she was going to go back to, you know, quote unquote, normal life. And uh, she's enjoying the, the, the week in camp so much, but yeah. I don't think I'll be doing I, that. 
I can definitely envisage some sort of Stockholm syndrome by the by the end of it all, right? You're <laughs> just going to go home and put a tent in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Run every day. But, yeah. Yeah. It's um, so so training. Um, what have yeah. you been doing? Um, <clears throat> well, I think I probably took longer to. I've, I've had a shorter sort of peaking period to where what I did for say like the track 100 where I had probably eight weeks of um of peaking and, and I mean I averaged over well over 100 miles for about six weeks of that this has been a shorter sort of more like six week peaking and the distance hasn't been quite as high um but there's been more elevation in there probably not as much as I'd like but I guess I'm averaging about 3,000 meters a week so I think I've gone up to about four or five and then some weeks have been more like 1200. Um, so certainly more elevation in there. Um, and actually, if I look at it, probably more time spent running than I was doing on some of those hundred mile plus weeks for the track 100. So in actual fact, it's been a pretty intense training, I suppose. It hasn't felt it though, weirdly. Um, like body, my body's just really kind of taken it in its stride to you excuse the turn of phrase it's i I mean i'm constantly kind of assessing my capacity to train and looking at what dials i'm turning and how it's affecting it and i know that this particular training block has felt easier like 100 mile weeks just start to sort of feel kind of normal whereas in the past that's been a real serious kind of effort to get those in and i can't work out whether it's um, simply like the sort of, um, you know, combined, uh, time that I've spent doing training now for ultra marathons, you know, four or five years or whatever, um, that sort of compounding effect of all those past training blocks or whether it's some other thing that I've done, you know, whether it's, you know, continuation of strength training, whether it's this time around, I'm consuming more carbohydrates after workouts to top up muscle glycogen. So I'm using carbohydrate as a recovery tool. And, um, you know, maybe that is helping me. And I'm, I'm doing a lot more double runs. So I'm getting out in the afternoon or evening. I've joined Waybridge Running Club. And so I'm out doing that once a week. And then, or I'm out, I'm out doing stair stepper in the evening. Or I'm out doing another 10K in the evening or whatever. Um, that would just would not have been possible in the past. And it might be because I'm just fueling better intra-workout. Intra um, just being a bit more targeted with that carbohydrate consumption. Or it might just be I'm um, getting stronger gradually, uh, you know, from all of it, like I say. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, this week's a big week. Uh, I'll end up doing about 100, 120, 130 miles this week. Um, and then uh, I'm going to try and sort of taper it off quite gently. So I'm going to get into next week and still keep the mileage up for the first three or four days. And then I'm actually on holiday for five days on a cruise ship um, oh, wow so so i won't be getting a lot of vert in there um i suppose i could do a <laughs> treadmill actually now i think about it um instead they might have a stair stepper i suppose um well there'll be lots of stairs just walk between decks <laughs> i don't know do they even put stairs on cruise ships i suppose they got it for emergencies but everyone's in elevators aren't they <laughs> what are you loving to yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so actually yeah family holiday with uh, the in-laws and stuff so um That'll be nice because that means I'll get to eat well and still keep a bit of exercise up, a, bit, a lot of walking, all that kind of thing. And then by the time I get back, I think I've only got four days at home and then it's then we're up to Wales. So um, 
yeah, it's kind of quite a nice sort of taper period, really, that yeah, to be able to sort of spend it with family on a ship like that and um, eat loads of nice food. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got another sort of, uh, I guess, nearly a week's worth of, of d- decent mileage I'm going to put in, and then it's a 10-day taper. Um, but I re- I'm, I'm going to take very few days off in all of that uh, because I feel like I've got a nice momentum going here of just the body. My body's so used to running every single day. I don't want to lose it. I don't, I actually don't think that the trade-off of maybe some extra kind of recovery and muscle repair and energy building, uh, against the sort of the general momentum, the rhythm that I've got in now of running. And so I'm gonna, there'll be, there'll be one or two days off amongst all of that. And all I'll do is just drop the volume. Um, so maybe, uh, yeah, down to hundred K next week or 120 K next week. And then probably still close to 100k in that final week um of taper leading up to up to the race that's a lot of miles yeah but when you i like this week when i'm doing close to 200k 100k is half that so mm. it's really not a lot yeah. um so it's you know it's uh horses for courses um yeah how about you I have been. How has it has it differed? Because you said this is like the biggest training. What have you been doing differently, and what you know? How has how's the body reacted? Um, I did. Well, last week was a, a seventy mile week, um, which is big for me. And this week, it, this week will work out being a seventy mile week. But I've been doing lots of twenty milers. Um, yeah, and, and and bringing in the back to back twenty milers as well. Um, yeah. Just my my plan this time, I did a lot of time on the Stairmaster before Canyons and a little bit afterwards, but I felt like I really needed to condition my tissues to deal with that day-to-day abuse. I felt yeah. like, although the Stairmaster was really great for, for, for building that muscle and, and, and making me feel comfortable with those long sustained outputs, I needed my soft tissue to get a little bit tougher to, to yeah. absorb six days of, of back-to-back running. So that's kind of been where I'm at. So I, I've also been, I'll be getting up at 4.30 every morning on the race to, to get myself out for six. Um, you know, all the stuff that you have to do before you leave, including kit checks and stuff like that and packing your sleeping stuff away and having your bag weighed. And there's lots of admin. It's not just like getting up, throwing on your running kit and getting out the door. So. 90 minutes gives me a nice comfortable window to be at the start line without any rush. And, and I, that gives me 16 hours on course, which should be way more than I need. But I've been getting up at 4.30 most mornings to go out and do my runs. You know, a little bit in the same way. That's you good. Do. Yeah, I think yeah, just get, getting, my, getting that rhythm in. Yeah, and I won't let that go. I mean, we're going to be up at silly o'clock on the morning of the race to get down to Conway for, I mean, we're only 10 minutes away, but... Um, you know, we're still going to be, you know, it's like the night before the nerves and everything else. Want to get yeah. up, get a good breakfast. So, yeah, it's kind of 4.30 has become my routine. And, and I've been a little bit crap at the other end of the day. And, and just life is busy at the moment. And I felt like I've not been as disciplined on sleep as I should be. So I'm going to dial that in in the next t- two weeks as well and really focus on sleep. I am going to reduce my miles down. I've, I've, I've developed a nice little route that I've been doing out on, out to the Cornish coast and back and that's been going great um all my kit has been tested and tested and tested and changed and tested so that all that's feeling good so really yeah the training 
training's thrown up a lot of interesting things. Um, kit that I needed to change. Backpack was not suitable anymore. I had to change that. We'd both gone for the geckos. Yeah. Did you get the 20 or the 12? I went for the 20. Yeah, I've got the 12. Um, it's fantastic. It's, I think it's the best running pack I've ever used. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I, I've been... I had a problem with the Salomon bottles bruising my ribs because I've lost a lot of weight this year. And um, I literally had no no padding and it, it, it was actually really not very pleasant. Um, so I changed them to the, I'll be honest, because we're entrance in the race, you, you do get given a, a discount code and, and that swayed my decision to go for a Montane. I've never tried a Montane pack before. I thought I would. Um, and again, it, it's interesting because I saw you'd gone for the, the 12. You posted some on our um, WhatsApp chat with Craig and... Um, it, it shows the difference in days. You, you're going to be on the course a lot, a lot, you know, less than me. And, and I definitely felt like I wanted to have some more nutrition on me for those longer gaps between the, the checkpoints for water and food and stuff like that. So, and my drop bag. So I felt like the 20 was the right decision for me. And I think probably you've made the right decision with the 12 because they are really good packs. Yeah, I mean, I've packed mine out and um, I've got space for extra stuff if I needed to to put it in there I'm not wanting for space at all um I actually I managed to get the entire race pack into a four liter Salomon pack oh wow or not um which I I mean I I think they might be under quoting it on that pack because uh it's remarkable how much you can squeeze in there if you stretch the fabric it's it's not ideal yeah it wasn't ideal but um just go to show you can fit that stuff in but um, I have a feeling, I, was, I don't think my waterproof, so waterproof jacket, they've got various requirements in terms of the, um, uh, you know, how, how, how protective it is. And I have a feeling my um, Gore one, despite being Gore-Tex, wouldn't have made the cut. So I've had to shift to a different jacket that's a little bit more bulky, not really that much more heavy, but more bulky. And for that reason, I had to change pack. Um, anyway, I'm glad I did because, yeah, that the Gecko 12, I think is really good. Um, what you... Um, What's your current thoughts on shoes? You, I mean, I guess this is a weather-dependent question in a way, but what are you taking? I'm going to try and take three pairs, three different mm. pairs. I'm, I'm using the um, uh, Scarpa Climber Golden Gate GTs on day one and two. Um, that's a really good carbon-plated shoe, more for protection, no spring, but for protection. Um, mm. A good rocky, rocky surface shoe, um, and I've used that quite a lot so that's a good shoe and then it's really i think i'm going to be taking i've got a new pair of the original exodus um Ciccone exodus uh ultras um for a bit of comfort and a bit of cushion and um just because i've been looking at the weather i'm taking a pair of uh peregrine um st13s for the for the muddier days i think just for the bog and stuff like that mm. um just to save the body from the abuse of slipping and sliding around Th- those have been pretty good through the winters for me it's a trusted shoe i haven't tried the 13 yeah. actually in, in in anger but it's um so that's 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 my shoe choice what about you um probably a little bit unconventional as as always um so alpha flies for the whole thing no i'm joking um <laughs> although it's tempting to take them up you never know <laughs> I'd get you a sponsorship deal, I reckon. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm not. I say Alpha Fly is not far off. I'm going to take the um, Zagamas, Nike Zagamas, um, 
I've got a brand new pair coming. They, some of the, the other, I'll tell you why. And the other pair I'm going to take is Salomon um, Speedcross, which is a classic. Um, the Salomons I used on the North Coast Ultra back in January when it was muddy as hell and obviously slippy and wet and all that kind of stuff. And they held up really well for that 50K. So in the event that it is like that and wet and muddy, all this kind of stuff, those will be the shoes that I'll deploy um, and boggy bits, as you say. But if it's dry, I'm going to go for comfort and speed. And that's why I'm going to use the Zagamas. They don't have a great lug depth on them, but they're so comfortable. And mm. um, I was up in Scotland recently doing a cool little event. Um, I saw which that. you no doubt uh, saw. Yeah, it was a, it was a thing with uh, Glenfiddich whiskey orchestrated by a friend of mine who's the brand ambassador for Glenfiddich. Um, he's, he's well into running and used to do triathlon um, quite successfully. Um, a guy called Mark Thompson. Anyway, it's to raise money, money for uh, Protect Our Winters at a charity event, uh, ostensibly, although it was also an excuse to get a lot of like-minded people in hospitality together to go and run some long distances. <laughs> so there was like 11 people from the hospitality industry. Actually, it was 10 from hospitality industry plus James Elson from Centurion. I running. saw he, he shoehorned um, himself into that. Yeah, well, I shoehorned him into it, um, and he <laughs> willingly uh, slipped into that shoehorn shoe because um, he likes whiskey and he likes running, obviously. So we had two days up in Scotland, um, which weren't a million miles from kind of Dragon's Back experience, I suppose. Not quite as much elevation, uh, but roughly 45, 50K a day. Um, and uh, I think we did about... Ooh, three and a half thousand meters of elevation across two days. Very sort of social pace and everything. Um, and really great fun, to be honest with you. Lovely. The weather was kind to us. Good bunch of people. Loads of drinks in between. Tell you what, I drank a lot more in, in between each day than I'm planning on doing Dragon's Back. Basically, uh, yeah, got on it every single night. So had it was, it was really good training for sleep deprivation because... Partying. Um, I, don't, I don't intend on drinking at all during Track Dragon's Back. And um, with that thrown in, I really had three three nights in a row of very bad sleep and um, either short or um, alcohol infused or both. And um, we managed to keep going. It was a great confidence booster as well because, you know, it was two days in a row of sort of seven hours on your feet each day. Mm. Um, and, you know, apart, apart from rolling an ankle, which hurt, um, didn't really have any kind of issues or, at, at all with recovery or anything like that. So anyway, I took both those pairs of shoes as I was getting to. Um, and on the first day, I ran the speed crosses and my feet were a little bit sore at the end of the day. It's partly because we had about, I think about six miles of tarmac right at the end. Ugh. Um, so the next day I thought, I'm just going to go for something more comfortable. And if I'm slipping around a little bit, so be it. And I wore an old pair of Zagamas. And um, there was a couple of little occasions where, you know, you could have done with a bit more tread whether ground was a bit boggy or muddy or whatever. But for the most part, they were fun, they were light, they're fast, and they were very, very comfortable. And I always remember from the Arc, 20, Arc 22, um, when I did a shoe change, it was right around the time that Mark Derbyshire flew away from me. Um, I did a shoe change because I had a sore spot. Ferg was there from Mud Crew. And I was like, i got a sore spot, I'm going to change into some Nikes. And they're not, they're not, not very grippy, but they are comfy. And he said to me, always take comfort over grip. Hmm. and uh <clears throat> he's right so um i'm gonna i'm gonna start in the zagamas unless it's really wet and um we'll see how we get on from there but i just think they're a lovely shoe so that's that um 
shoe-wise. How and much um, nutrition? How from. much kit are you taking in turn? Because I've seen numerous discussions about people that say take a, a fresh pair of clothes for every day, which I am not doing. Um, I'm probably taking two pairs of shorts and maybe maybe a fresh t-shirt every day, but fresh underwear every day. Obviously, it's fresh underwear and socks, lots of socks. But what, what's your view on that? Uh, I'm going to do exactly what you've just said. I will probably take a t-shirt for every day, though. Um, just because I don't think it's nice getting into a horrible, stinky T-shirt every yep. single day. You don't need a new pair of shorts, no way. Um, and obviously, obviously, um, a fresh pair of socks and then socks in the checkpoint bag as well, I would say, just in case um, you've got issues there. Um, and would you, it, would you put shoe, your spare shoes in the checkpoint bag That's as right. well? In case, you, yeah. in case I need to change halfway through the day. Just having them there is a nice you know, yeah, out, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that too. So spare, spare socks, spare shoes in the in the checkpoint bag and spare socks for every single day. Mm. And then obviously day clothes and um, and uh, and then, yeah, spare. I, I, I don't, do you know what? I don't even know if I have six running T-shirts. Uh, also, do you have to run it? Do you have to start in a long sleeve or do you have to carry a long sleeve if you don't have start in one? Is that right? Yeah, you have to, Two you long have to have a long. I think you have to have a long sleeve in your bag unless you're wearing one. Yeah. It's, uh, I think you need a spare one. So I, I'm wondering if you need to have two long sleeves in your bag if you start in a vest or a short sleeve. It just says about the, 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 the long sleeve. I'm looking at my notes. Um, yeah. It, all it says, that, although I, I've, this isn't the uh, in-depth version, but yeah, I'll double check that. But it does say, just, just says long sleeve base layer um, on the hill mm. with you. You must have it at all times. So yeah. Yeah, that's fine because I, mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to start in a long sleeve unless it's somehow very cold for some reason. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not planning to. I'm, I'm. You know, at the very worst, I'll take some detachable sleeves. You know, the the compressed sport ones. Uh, that's the yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, if that's as long as that's classed as a long sleeve in, in conjunction with a t-shirt. I don't think um, it will be in in placement of a long sleeve, but I think that's probably what I start with if it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, fueling. So I have switched entirely to gels. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but it, it obviously, but given that we're going sort of, well, that depends how quickly you do it, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 hours a day, um, every day, it's sort of become clear to me that drinks aren't going to work um, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a sole fuel source because of the difficulties of mixing powders and all this kind of thing as you're going so i've made my own gels now um you did mention that you were you were going to produce your own line of uh ultra running fuel yeah well i was making my own drink before but now i've shifted it to gels we're expanding the uh, product <laughs> range <laughs> and they're really good they're really tasty um and uh, no flavoring in them either, uh, like precision hydration. Don't bother any flavoring. It just happens to taste nice, just with sort of a little bit of citric acid and, and all the sugars and everything. So um, I've been using them and making them. I'm putting them in um, empty whiskey me and gin me pouches, which is my business. Which <laughs> we uh, we have we have these pouches that are left over. They're, they're recyclable, but now I'm keeping hold of them all. And uh, oh, I wish you hadn't have put that in the podcast. Can you imagine the aura that would have been created around you? That's that's the guy that yeah. ran it on alcohol. You no, know, maybe I'll take it out. 
Yeah. I'll take it out and just let everyone think that I'm drinking gin and whiskey on the way around. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take it out. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm making these gels and they're so easy to make. It's so cheap to make. So cheap to make. Um, so uh, I'm just going to pack a lot of them and um, they seem to keep well out of the fridge for weeks as well. So um, that's good. No, no issues there. So that's, that's all I'll need. And then I plan on just eating a shed ton of food every day after I finish. Um, how about you? What are you, uh, what are you fueling with? Ugh, I, well, I'm planning on having a large breakfast every day. Um, courtesy of, um, or events. So I'll be having a breakfast before I set off. Um, I tend to go for peanut butter and toast and Marmite before I run. And I normally have four rounds of that, but I'll see what I can get. Um, and then out on the trail, I will be using a mixture of Morton's. So I'll be running with two bottles of Morton's up front, two 500 mil flasks of Morton's pre-mixed. Two unhydrated bottles of Morton's in the back. So two soft flasks with just the powder in. Uh, and what I'm planning to do is have, it, it, it's quite, bad to mix Morton's with cold water. It, it takes a lot of work. So what I'm planning on doing is just having a, a little aluminium flask that I have and topping that up with hot water and sticking that into my halfway bag, my drop bag, so I can rehydrate those. If if, if I get the opportunity to do it with warm water, great. Um, you, could do it, you could do it with urine. You could do it with splash, urine as well. A little splash of urine. A little bit of orange juice probably coming from my side there. Um, bit, of, bit of urine therapy whilst on the way round. I don't think that's going to do you any harm. Drinking your own piss. I think we're dripping into Blackadder here. <laughs> <laughs> Been drinking dripping. his own urine for weeks. <laughs> yeah, I started this morning actually. I just just had a bottle by the side of the bed and just started. I, it's good to condition yourself. It, it's it is. Good to get it. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't try anything on a race that you haven't done before. That's so true. Could I suggest maybe you drink some of it now? I, well, as as it happens, <laughs> you got you've got a cup of urine right in got front a cup of, you. of urine there. Uh, just just going down nicely while we chat. Um, and then some some solid Morton <laughs> stuff and some gels, and then a little bag of trail mix uh, for each half of each day. Um, and and that that should be me. I've been I've been training on that, and it's been going really well. So I think I've I've found my I think I've found my fuel again which is good until it doesn't cool. work anymore. And then it all goes to shit and you have to figure it out all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it simple on the nutrition side. Um, yep. And then as you said, stack up on, on food every night. If you could be waiting by the finish line with a, with a, a vegan kebab for me every evening, as I cross the line, that would be most appreciated. Mm. Or, or, you know, in your sleeping bag, asleep at the finish line. I'll yeah. give you a pick and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's going to be one of, I think one of the key things to this race will be rehydrating, as you said, rehydrating and refueling to go out the next day. It's going to be such a, a, an important part of the race. Recovery. It's, uh, it's, it's critical. And as everyone knows, reco recovery starts during your current run. And so yep. every day when you're racing, you've got to be thinking about what you're putting in your body to help it. Get through, get, get, get through what you're doing in a timely manner, but also to help it with the recovery process and, and therefore starting the next day on the right foot. The finish line is just a pause button. That's what I keep saying to myself. Hmm. You know, the race is yeah. a six-day race. You've got to maintain the – there's no point flogging and, and killing yourself on any one day. For, not for me anyway. You know, If you're racing competitively, I, I, I get it. But 
I just need to complete the thing to, to achieve my goal. So yeah, just um, lots and lots of water and salts and, and food every night to, to get myself ready to go again. And then of course, the important thing of getting rid of them before you set off for the day. So uh, yeah. coffee, coffee will play a large part of my life again. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. I'm going to take my own coffee with me. Uh, Are you? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I can't, I mean, I know there's obviously coffee available, but I can't trust the quality and availability of it. So if I can just get away with just acquiring hot water every morning, uh, rather than having to queue up and all that kind of thing. And cause also I drink a lot of coffee. Like I'm talking this sort of amount that would like kill a horse and or, or bankrupt um, Shane's company. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll take, uh, take a cafetiere and um a load of ground coffee with me so just chuck chuck our water nice nice because that's all I, that's all i need as well mate just coffee i don't i want to be eating breakfast so um just you know i can have my my thing and, and and do what i need to do and then get get on with the rest of the day uh that's um i think that's that's part of your tried and trusted solution to this isn't it you you know exactly what you need to do on this one nutrition wise it's all bedded in hmm. i don't think there's any hmm. surprises there um so we've done kit we've done we've got camp bags we need to have kit for camp there's a mandatory camping list um including deck chairs um inflatable um things to go on the side of your t4 um firewood firewood (laughs) splitting mall uh yeah there's a lot in here um i'm not entirely sure whether ice picks and snowshoes are for but they're there so we'll take them guitar Guitar for sitting around the campfire, spinning stories and drinking whiskey. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Woodfire Peter. Cool. All right. Well, look, um, I, that's, uh, that's, we'll, we'll uh, maybe record a night before episode uh, and uh, that will form part of our grand slam of uh, Dragon's Back. Um, uh, Your complete guide to the Dragon's Back. That's what we should call this series. Yeah. And and, um, and I'm attending, I'm thinking I'm going to get hold of a um, little mini digital recorder so that we can ca- capture some sound bites uh, before, during, in between, after, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're going to record really me content. retching in the corner of a field at 10 o'clock at night. That's that's what you're planning, isn't it? This is the same. Yeah. It's like, you're going to be like, um, what's his face? Attenborough, just creeping up. This is the sound of a Grady. <laughs> Losing his lunch. <laughs> Mating yeah, call. That's the plan. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. How many days have we got again? What does your Garmin say now? 15 days, 17 hours and 45 minutes. Like the sword of Damocles hanging from your wrist. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, cool. um, right. yeah. Enjoy your Good cruise. Good luck with the rest of your training. Yeah, well And do. you, mate. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Trail and Error podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and most important of all, share it with your friends and your family. Also, if you have any guest suggestions or suggestions for features that you would like to see on the Trail and Error podcast, please get in touch with us via our social media channels at trail underscore and underscore error underscore UK. It makes more sense when it's written down, I promise you. Oh, and we're on Facebook too. See you next time. Thanks for listening.